From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MVW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in, but why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome to this edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'm Neil McCready. Today on the show, Lauren Stennis, who is the designer of the Stennis flag, which has been very much in the news here in the state of Mississippi. This week, uh, she's kind enough to join us, spend a little more than 35 minutes talking about the flag, how it came about, her background, um, what might happen next as there's a lot of talk inside the state of Mississippi about finally replacing the current flag with an alternate flag. And the Mississippi, uh, the Stennis flag, I should say, is the one that's ready-made. It's already been adopted by a lot of people with ties to the state. It's uh, already represented the state in uh, multiple places by multiple people. And uh, it's a ready-made replacement. And quite frankly, if you told me that the flag... Uh, was replaced by another flag, I would tell you that there's no doubt about it, that it would be the Stennis flag. It's got bipartisan support in the uh, Mississippi legislature, and there's a lot of talk about uh, that happening fairly quickly. So it's one of those things that we've been following a little bit over the last couple weeks in this kind of unique moment in our uh, state and nation's history. And uh, Lauren was kind enough to spend some time with us today, so we'll get to her in just a moment. First, I'm going to tell you about the Oxford Exxon Highway 6 West in Oxford. Download the Speed Pass Plus app on your phone. You can fill up No Touch there at the Oxford Exxon. You can also go in. They have great beer specials, uh, soda, snacks, ribs, everything you could possibly want. Always clean, always nice. The people are great. A perfect place for you to stop on your way in or out of Oxford. The Oxford Exxon right next door to the Oxford Crystal where uh, drive through is open. We've got all sorts of specials, breakfast, lunch, dinner, grab a snack, whatever the case may be. Uh, the banana pudding shake, the uh, peach daiquiri, it's all that there. The peach slushy, I should say. You get a daiquiri next door at the Oxford Exxon. You can get the uh, slushy there at the Oxford Crystal, right next door to one another on Highway 6 West in Oxford. I'm coming to you from the Clark Ford Studios. Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900. Call that number, ask for Corey Clark, tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. Right to the bottom line, no hassle, no haggle, get your quote, and the rest is completely up to you. You can shop it around, that's your prerogative, or you can do what I've done uh, multiple times now, and that's hop into a Clark Ford. You'll love the service, you'll love the product. Corey and the people at Clark Ford want to be your car guy, they want to be your truck guy, they'll prove that to you when you make the call, 662-257-1900. Lawrence Dennis and all guests join us on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline, Rafters on the Water is open. It's located at the Sardis Marina, so come experience outdoor dining unlike any place in North Mississippi. The menu offers shrimp and Mississippi catfish platters along with gourmet burgers and Louisiana-styled po'boys served on Leidenheimer French bread. It's open on Wednesdays and Thursdays from 3.30 to 10, Friday through Sunday, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. A newly expanded picnic-style dining area, signature appetizers, including Zydeco shrimp, crawfish egg rolls, live music as well. So uh, go and enjoy. Try some of their fun cocktails, including their famous 
House frozen margaritas to go options are there. Curbside pickup is available 662 712 6162. Now to the Rafters Music and Food Hotline and Lawrence Dennis. Lawrence Dennis, kind enough to spend some time with us here on the podcast. First of all, uh, welcome into the show. How are you? I'm great, Neil. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. This has to, we'll, we'll go back a little bit before we go forward, but I'll, I'll start in the present. This has to feel, um, I don't know, rewarding, exciting, surreal a little bit that this project that has <laughs> this project that has occupied a, a pretty big part of the last several years of your life has such a chance, suddenly has so much momentum that has a chance to become reality here fairly soon. That, that has to, it, it has to be an odd feeling. Well, odd's a good word for it. Um, things are moving so quickly that I'm not even sure. <laughs> um, you know, I, I'll have some time to reflect on this at some point. But right now, the focus is we have a moment, we have momentum. This is something that even if folks are against it, they will benefit from here in the state of Mississippi. So, you know, to be on this precipice of, of almost seeing this happen is um, a little bit surreal, but... Um, it, it, it gives me great hope and excitement for our state and its people. Let's go back a little bit. Tell me the the genesis of this. How did how did this come about? I know you have uh, you have expertise in in graphic design and and you certainly were were interested in in doing something along these lines. How did how did this get started? Well, I actually had no intention whatsoever to design anything, but I. You know, uh, born and raised in Mississippi and was away for about 15 years. And I'm when I moved back shortly after I bought a house and I really thought, you know, I'm so happy to be back in Mississippi and I would love to put out a state flag, but I absolutely couldn't and wouldn't use the one we have. Um, it in no way, I, I in no way identify with it, nor would I ever want that to be outside of my home conveying what it conveys. Um and so I just thought, how is this, how do we still have a state symbol that is not something that any Mississippian could fly without a moment's hesitation? Why is this still not fixed? Because if any organization had a logo that negatively affected its morale and bottom line the way ours does, they'd change it in a heartbeat. So I, I just thought, what are the roadblocks here? So I began to do a lot of research. Um, went down to archives. I was researching the Magnolia flag, which I had heard was our state flag, you know, before the Civil War. But it turns out <laughs> that the Magnolia flag was never adopted by the state of Mississippi, that it was designed and commissioned specifically for the newly re newly seceded Republic of Mississippi. So it is Mississippi's official flag of secession. So I thought, okay, I'm not going to support that one because then we'd be trading an apple for an apple and we would still be maintaining Confederate imagery um, and relics from that specific you know, part of our history when Mississippi has such a much larger story to tell. And um, and I, I'd like for us to have a symbol that is evocative, not provocative. Yes. Um, it, it's a very different feeling. And, um, and I think when a state flag is doing its job, it is evocative and it makes the citizens excited and proud and able to brag about their state. And it also is attractive to people outside who want to come visit and perhaps leave with a little trinket, maybe, you know, a state flag sticker and say, I've been to Mississippi, you know? 
So we've been missing out on those opportunities. So anyway, after I found out about the Magnolia flag um, and I realized there were no other designs that had stuck in all this time, um, I began to get out my crayons and went into this deep dive into the study of vexillology, which is the design of flags, and um, became a real flag dork, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you, you worked yeah. with Ted Kay a lot, who's a, a flag guru kind of person. Yeah, so I I read his book, Good Flag, Bad Flag, in my study of how to design a good flag, because I thought, if I'm going to do this, I really need to understand. I know the flags that stand out to me and that I remember, but specifically, what is it that makes that kind of flag, and how can I, I, mean, I want to bring that to Mississippi, so... Once I had settled on a design, I just cold called him and I said, you don't know me from Adam's house cat, but I said, I've got a design and I would really appreciate your constructive criticism on this. And he was so generous with his time and he said, he reviewed it and he got back to me and he said, you have a top 10 design as far as United States flags. The only thing I would do is enlarge the stars, which I did. And he was right. And it definitely improved the design. So I was happy to have his uh, feedback, um, and I was glad to take it and make it a stronger design because Mississippi deserves a beautiful, classic, uh, hosp hospitable symbol. You and I were talking earlier today, stuff I, I've never really thought about, about a flag. It's got to be something that can be shrunk down to fit on the lapel of a jacket or a you know a button. It's got to be big enough to fly over a... A, a car dealership over a state capital. It's got to look the same both sides. There's, there's a lot to it that, that you're right. I'd never really given any thought. I just thought you draw a design and you put it on fabric and let it fly. And Yeah. It's a, it's a subset of graphic design because um, the, the, the symbol, the, the flag is subject to things that regular logos are not. And you pointed out some of those. And so if there's too much detail or there are any letters or numbers or any of that kind of thing, when you shrink it down to a lapel pen, it completely loses its meaning and, and, and impact. And plus a flag is supposed to be a symbol, not a document. Um, so, um, and then, yeah, if you have it huge above a car dealership, it's subject to wind and you can see it from both sides. So the flags that really, you know, land in the mind's eye and stay there are ridiculously simple. They only use two or three colors. They they don't have any lettering. I mean, if you think just right now, just bring to mind what flags you know and remember. All of those things will be true about them. I mean, I remember the Alabama. I lived in Alabama all those years. It's such a simple flag, but I recognized it when I saw it. Yeah, but what's interesting about that one of the one of the tenets that it breaks is that it's not um, unique because Alabama and Florida have flags that are ridiculously similar as do North Carolina and Texas. Yeah. But that happens sometimes, you know, I mean, th there will definitely be some overlap in terms of shapes or colors or that kind of thing. But, um, one thing I'm really proud about, uh, the, the design that we have, um, with the, as it's called Stennis flag, which I hate, <laughs> um, but it, it, it is truly unique. And, uh, I wanted something that was, you know, small C conservative, classic, elegant, it looked like it had been around for a long time, but also was just very forward leaning. So why do you to hate the it? Future. Why do you hate it being called the tennis flag? <laughs> well, um, I never wanted it to be out about a person, people, our people, our state. And um, originally I was calling it the declare flag, 
because like just declare it to be the flag and we'll wait for the legislature to knock out the paperwork, <laughs> you know, put it up, giving people a sense of agency in the, in the, in the, in the process of change. But that did not catch on. That was a bit of a fail on my part. Um, and, you know, a few years into it, um, somebody said, Lauren, I, I don't know what you keep calling it, but we're all calling it the Stennis flag because I designed it. Right. I mean, it's my last name. It's sort of like an artist, I guess, signing a piece of work or something, but, but I kind of acquiesced at that point um, just for the sake of, you know, simplicity and identity. Um, but um, and some people get confused, too. They they think it's a, a flag that's named for my grandfather, who served in the United States Senate for a long time. And, and for most of his career, he was um, a segregationist. He didn't he voted against civil civil rights, you know, all the things that you wouldn't want associated with our new symbol. Um, but luckily, the Stennis name in this case has nothing to do with John C. Stennis. Do you think that something you mentioned John C. Stennis and, and uh, you, you lovingly call Paul Paul, I know. Um, yeah. You know him as a, as a human being, as a person, history can be kind of cold and history will, will, will find things in people's records and, and lock in on that, that history sometimes has a way of, of ignoring context and, I know context is a catchword for a lot of people, but sometimes I think it's required. Does is that something that you think in in the past has has ever uh, hurt the Stennis flag's chances? Well, you know, people do ask me about it, or they'll say, "I don't want to support a flag that's named after a segregationist," and I'm like, "I wouldn't either." <laughs> I mean, if I'm being honest, um, so. I hope it doesn't hurt. Um, you know, if if people misunderstand and think it's named for Papa, um, hopefully the word can get out that that is that is not the case at all. Um, that just happens to be my last name, and I have to, you know, um, I'm happy to to answer those questions. But I hope that you know people, you know, go to the website or talk to me and understand that it didn't have anything to do with him. I know you want it to one day be the Mississippi flag, not the Stennis flag. Um, oh yeah, I tell people it's a temporary moniker, whatever you want to call it, but. Let's call it the state flag. Yeah. <laughs> how did you going. How did you come up with the design? Did you, did, did were there some templates that you looked at, or was this something that just sort of came to your mind as, you, like you said, you started playing with crayons? Well, you know, I I, I definitely studied thousands of other flag designs. Um, some good, some not so good. But I really wanted to hone in on obviously what makes a strong, good flag design that is memorable and identifiable and relatable and um, you know there's one thing about our current flag it's kind of like if it ain't broke don't fix it and the old glory red old glory blue and white I think are wonderful and um, they're classic they're elegant and so I match the Pantone intentionally to go perfectly when it's paired with the United States flag so it makes a handsome strong standalone that absolutely is unique to us but when it is with the United States flag, it looks really, really nice. And uh, a handsome couple is what I call it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, so that was one thing. And then um, I just wanted a, a way to um, communicate. You know, I wanted the flag to be a place that Mississippians could bring their story and identify you know, whether they were recently moved here or had been here for 10 generations. You know, they can... In other words, a flag doesn't dictate who you really are or aren't if you're a Mississippian. It doesn't tell you what to think about things. All it does is represent a place and its people. And then we can take it and run with it and add our stories. So take me through 
these last, I know you've been working on this for, for years now, but take me through these last couple of weeks where it, I think it feels like to all of us, um, what with the pandemic and then uh, the, the murder of George Floyd and the protest that, that ensued and in some cases the protest that turned into riots and it's been a, a major, it's been a, a, a national conversation that certainly feels to me like a moment in time. Like you said, it's, a, it's an opportunity here. And a lot is happening uh, around the country, around the world. I just, we, you and I were talking about this earlier, just yesterday, NASCAR, which is always, I've always frankly kind of identified the Confederate flag with NASCAR to some degree. NASCAR said, that's it, no more. It's not allowed in. What has, what has your email been like? What has your phone been like? Uh, what's, what's your life been like here these last couple of weeks? As, as you said, this has gained a level of momentum that you probably could not have imagined three or four months ago. No, but I mean, but what we have is a moment born of tragedy, you know, which, you know, I just don't want to have any more tragedies, you know, bringing us to this point of momentum and possibility and only to have that dashed. This is different this time and in many ways, but part of it is, at least in Mississippi, we have a shovel ready, vetted, accessible, affordable already the number one selling flag in the state for three years in a row. We, we have a solution that is bipartisan, grassroots, uh, positive, at the ready. And that's fabulous. And, there, and it's also, you know, even folks who are opposed to the change will benefit from this um, because they can still pri- privately fly whatever they want, but the state's image you know, we have an opportunity to light a candle in this darkness and signal our intention. I mean, that's what flags do on ships. When they come into port, they shift colors. When they go out on a mission, they shift colors. And they're just representing, it's the same ship, it's the same history, it's the same, you know, uh, folks on board. But they're just signaling, you know, we're on a different mission now. And I think it would be so amazing for Mississippi and the world for us to shift colors, if you will, now and say, we recognize this moment in history. We are ready, and we are going to move on that. It would just be remarkable. I wasn't here in April of 2001 when this went to the ballot, went to the ballot box, went to the voters, and uh, the, the current flag was, was reaffirmed. What, what was done then? Um, what, what can be done? Do you get a sense that that's different now? Can this be done without it having to go all the way through that process where it has to go to the voters, is there a way for, for this to happen without having to uh, go down that entire process where it can be done more expeditiously? Sure. I mean, we can save a lot of money and a lot of time and, um, and, and move swiftly here, um, and that is within the, the power of the executive branch, but uh, even more critically, the legislative branch. I mean, we didn't vote on the state bird. We didn't vote on the state fish, we didn't vote on the state mammal, you know, we have all these things. Um, This is legislative jurisdiction, actually. Um, The fact that we voted on it at all in 2001 was an anomaly, um, and it was was born of a lack of of leadership, but we have good leadership here now. We have momentum. We have a branded and already embraced uh, symbol to switch to, so so we don't need that. But, you know, the important thing to remember about 2001 and we hear over and over again that, it, you know, people voted two to one to keep the flag or 65 percent of Mississippians voted to keep the flag. And and if you break down the numbers, I, I did a little digging around and 23 percent of Mississippians showed up to vote that day. 
65% of them voted to keep the current flag over a poor alternative. But that's only 17% of the population of Mississippi. So that's hardly a mandate. It was, you know, and it was also a generation ago. And I hear from so many young people who are so excited. And they're like, I wasn't even alive or I wasn't able to vote. I was four years old. You know, and they're like, we're ready and we're motivated and whatever we need to do. And, you know, we've just had, you know, a, a coalition of folks who are Republican, Democrat, old, young, black, white, Native American who are just like, let's do this. And they've been emailing and calling in record numbers, which is much appreciated and, and will be very effective. Our friends at Blue Delta Jeans are very pleased to announce that the studio is open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 6. If you have jeans to pick up or if you're ready to get measured for your own Blue Delta Jeans, don't hesitate to drop by or reach out to Blue Delta to schedule an appointment. And while you're at it, don't forget to check out Blue Delta's new line of Georgia Mill Duck Canvas Fabric. Strong and durable. These are the ultimate made-to-last pants. Info at Blue Delta Jeans. Uh, or social media at Blue Delta Jeans, whatever way is best for you. This podcast is also brought to you by Grenada Nissan. If you're in the market for a Nissan vehicle, Grenada Nissan's the place to go. They've got a complete selection of new and previously owned Nissan vehicles. It's GrenadaNissan.com. We're also brought to you by the Iron Horse Grill. It's located at 320 East Pearl Street. They're open now. You can go in. Uh, great lunch, Sunday brunch, dinner. All of that. Also, they specialize in on-site large event catering. Get in touch with Sarah Black, 601-398-0151 for all of your catering needs. Also brought to you by Dead Soxy. Uh, they're excited to celebrate Father's Day and has come to be expected. They want to do it in style. So go to deadsoxy.com. Check out the limited edition Father's Day bundles. Each bundle contains a men's dress sock, a kid's crew, and a no-show. Uh, so don't miss the exciting opportunity to celebrate Father's Day in style. Secure one of the limited quantity bundles today. You need to order by uh, June 16th to make sure that you get that bundle delivered to you in time for Father's Day. We're also brought to you by Pinnacle Trust. Pinnacle Trust based in Madison, Mississippi. Excuse me, they represent clients in 24 states, have advisors in three states. Uh, they founded in 1997. They provide detailed, specialized investment management, financial planning, retirement planning for individuals and businesses, and so much more. It's pintrust.com, P-I-N-N trust.com. Mention you heard about Pinnacle Trust on the podcast. You'll get 10% off your first year's fee. Also brought to you by John Edwards, Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. If you're looking to get away after all of this pandemic uh, stuff, I suggest you get in touch with John. He's part of Virtuoso. He is a... Uh, been in the travel business for a long time, been traveling before he even got into the business for about 40 years. So he knows the extra attention needed to make a special trip, one that creates a lifetime of unique memories. 901-494-3387 or send him an email, jedwards at regencytravel.net. First-time clients can save $50 off their first booked trip just by telling John you heard about Regency Travel on the podcast. We're also brought to you by Oxford University Bank. OUB, locally owned and operated right here in Oxford. When you deposit money at OUB, that money and the vast majority of the bank's profits go right back into the Oxford community. OUB is home to Casasa, the absolute best cash checking account. It pays customers 2.5% interest on the balances, up to $50,000 refunds, ATM fees nationwide, also home to a commercial checking account, now paying 1% interest as long as you keep $10,000 in the account. It comes with fully interactive online banking. To learn more about OUB, Check out liveoxfordbankoxford.com or call 662-234-6668, OUB, FDIC insured. 
Also brought to you by Bluff City Advisory Group, dedicated to building the future you desire. Founded in Memphis in 2019, their team is comprised of established and seasoned financial experts who came together to serve individuals and families of their beloved hometown. They value providing quality advice, experience, and access to all their clients, and they invite an open dialogue beyond your annual review. They believe that everyone deserves financial security, so no matter your level of wealth or financial goal, they will serve as an advocate and guide to grow a portfolio that is suitable and uh, fruitful and sustainable for you. 901-365-3447 or Ben, B-E-N, at bluffcityadvisory.com. And we're brought to you by Whitney McNutt, Tommy Morgan Incorporated Realtors, serving you for all your real estate needs in Oxford and Tupelo. She sells condos, land, commercial, and residential family homes. 662-567-2573, 662-842-3844. Mississippi Today has done a really good job on a lot of this stuff. It's a They, they do a great job there. And I know that you've probably talked to them a good bit. They've, they've uh, talked to you about this story. Uh, Philip Gunn, the Speaker of the House, said uh, yesterday that legislators are, quote, looking at what can be done to change the flag. He's for it. He says, it, quote, it would require a lot of work. I tell people you need to remember it's a two-thirds vote. On Tuesday, Mississippi Today reported that uh, the there's a bipartisan group of House members that are uh, whipping votes and drafting legislation went on to say, I think this was kind of the money quote, and the one that uh, I'm most interested in your reaction to, the, the quote is from uh, Robert Johnson of Natchez, the House Democratic leader. He says, quote, there are about 20 Republicans we believe would quietly vote right now to change the flag. We believe there are 20 more who are on the fence, end quote. I would assume that the words on the fence are encouraging to you, but also tell you that you've got work to do? Well, you know, it is it is up to all of us who are ready for this, um, and I will certainly do everything that I can, but I am just one voice, one Mississippian who definitely wants this to happen. But yes, I mean, I think, you know, the main thing is just emailing and calling, not just once, but every day, and letting the entire legislature and the lieutenant governor and the speaker and the governor know that we're ready, we're ready for this. Um, um, it is encouraging because if you're on the fence, then you're open to it. And I think, I think, I'll, you know, I have to say, I mean, the flag tag that has the uh, the new design on it, the proceeds go to the Museum of Mississippi History and the C Mississippi Civil Rights Museum, and it has not even been available a year and has already raised about forty thousand dollars for the two museums. And that tag exists because it passed the House and the Senate unanimously and was signed by the governor. So they've already voted for this design in support of it once um, to have that tag that benefits the museums. And the letters on that tag, SF, stand for state flag. Hopefully this will be the state flag tag. We will change our official logo, recognizing that people can fly whatever they want privately. Um, but that at the end of the day, Mississippi just benefits in so many ways from not letting this moment pass. At this moment in history, it would seem from a political standpoint, if I put myself in the, in the shoes of one of the Republican uh, House legislature members there in, in Jackson, this would be a, an, a remarkably odd hill to die on politically. Uh, I mean, there are some things that you have to dig your feet into the sand and, 
and and fight a little bit. This this doesn't strike me as one when you whether it's through talking to people in the legislature or talking to people who are talking to people, what is what is the concern of those who may come from constituencies that are reluctant to see the flag changed? Well, to answer this question in a little different way. Okay. You know, I am the granddaughter of a man who is known to have been a segregationist and absolutely on the wrong side of history who voted in ways that hurt his fellow Mississippians, harmed his fellow Mississippians. Don't leave that to your daughter or your granddaughter to have to explain. Because if you can step back from this moment and all the emotion and what have you, yes, you're right. This is not one, that you, not a hill you want to die on. If you do the right thing here, everybody's going to have a better life in Mississippi. And that's just a fact. I mean, because, because of the increased tourism, the increased, you know, the better image, all of that. And you can still do whatever you want privately. So I just encourage them to think about, do they want their children or their grandchildren to have to explain making the wrong decision at this moment? I'd say what strikes me a little bit talking to you that's interesting, not just about your grandfather, but you as, as you, you grew up in Mississippi you, uh, yes. I believe, went to college in Mississippi, and then mm-hmm. you you left for a while. And there is a brain drain in this state, and and it's it's undeniable. Uh, young people leave, and for the most part, young people don't come back. You you went to New Orleans, I think you went to Birmingham, I think you kind of went all over. I was reading about your background here in the last couple of days. Um, I haven't memorized. I, I haven't I haven't stalked you to the point of memorizing it, but, but <laughs> I, was, I was just about. <laughs> But I know, you're safe. I promise it's all good. You're creeping me out. Now. No, no, you're all good. I, I, you're safe. Um, I am. I am. If I ever get accused of stalking, come, come get me out. I'm, I'm innocent. Um, <laughs> but the point is, is that you left and you came back. And most people that leave, young people that leave, talented, bright people that leave this state, don't come back. And I don't mean that disrespectfully. I just mean it honestly. That's that they don't. They they leave. They go elsewhere. They make more money. They, they they put roots down in those places, and Mississippi just becomes a part of their story, but not a part of their present. If you come back and you make something like this happen, and I know it's not just you, I get it. No. But if you are a part of something that makes this happen, is there a part of you that thinks your story could become more common, that, that, that young people who grow up here, maybe they spread their wings at some point, but that they come back here to form businesses, to, to create jobs, to uh, start families, all the things that, you know, are part of the, the circle of life really, you know, I don't know if you know if this question makes any sense, Lauren. I'm just, I'm just curious if you see any, any symmetry to it. Well, I think if I'm understanding you right, what I, what I think is, and what I believe with my whole heart is if we Mississippians, do this right now, it will increase the likelihood that people will come back or that people might stay because we've we've got this unnecessary burden and weight um, that is, and it's just, it's a spiritual burden, it's an economic burden, and it can be draining. And especially if you're trying to market your business or invite people to the state. Um, you know, it, it. I mean, there is actually um, a, a Jewish congregation that is actively trying to um, recruit a new rabbi, and they include the Stennis flag sticker in their um, information packet just to say, we're working on this. 
because inevitably, you know, people who are coming in from out of state, whether it's for, you know, a job at a, at a worship center or at Nissan or wherever, they are like, tell me about your flag. Because, yeah. mm, you know, yeah. and I'd rather, I'd rather pe- see people have people say, see the flag, and then say, tell me about this state, you know? And and boy, do we have a lot of bragging rights. We test rocket engines. You know, we have the best food you'll ever put in your mouth. We have more Pulitzer Prize winners per capita than any other state in literature. I mean, but we can't even get there because we have a crappy logo. It's a, it's a bad first impression, and that's very difficult to overcome for a lot of people. It's it's what I've tried to explain to people when they'll when they they kind of push back a little bit about things. I say you have to understand that, like I've been here twelve years and I know how nice the people are. I know how good the people are, and and so I, I can overlook the the wart. But if you're from, I don't know, pick a state, um, Wyoming or California, and you're thinking about opening a, a a factory or moving a business or whatnot for whatever series of reasons, and you're looking at states. And you come and you don't really know anything about Mississippi other than maybe some things you've heard about its past. And there's the flag. That is, that is a really difficult thing to overcome initially, especially when you can go over one state and you look at the growth that Alabama has right now, uh, especially in the northern part of that state, the jobs they're creating, the wealth that is coming into that state, that that, yep. and all of the thing that come that comes with that. And you look at uh, Northwest Arkansas and the amount of growth that's happening there. And I mean, you know, there, there's options for people. I mean, look at what's happening in Texas. I mean, not everybody can relocate to Austin, but everybody's trying apparently. And, and there's, <laughs> there's so much there and, and that's what you're competing against. And, and if you, if you walk into that competition with this giant wart on your face, it's kind of hard to expect a, a, a someone who doesn't have a natural love for you to overlook that and say, oh, well, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not making any sense here, but to get past that and to get to, oh, wow, this is there's a lot here, you've got to overcome something. If you just eliminate that, that's one less massive obstacle that you have in trying to win that battle. Absolutely, and we have a shovel-ready solution. I mean, people say don't judge a book by its cover, but we do it all the time. And the Mississippi book has a really bad cover, and it makes people not even want to pick it up. Now, those of us who have either been here from the start or have picked it up and, like you said, been here 12 years and you get the magic of this place, great. But that's a lot of work. And we're not at a point where we can turn away economic development. We cannot be choosy. You know, we want to be welcoming. We are known as a hospitality state. And and we are that if you get here and spend enough time. But you, you look at our, our logo and our which is, you know, what's funny is it's not being used. That's that's you know, people are taking it down everywhere. And what's wonderful is now with the so called Sinus flag, you know, they're they're able to put up a symbol of Mississippi and celebrate and um, identify as a Mississippian. And they're going up in dorm rooms. They're going up, like I had a guy who he summited Mount McKinley and he unfurled the Stennis flag at the top to represent Mississippi. Um, I had an Air Force pilot who put a patch of the Stennis flag on his uniform while he flew sorties over North and South Carolina. I mean, that's cool. And there's people so hungry for this. And, um, you know, we're ready. We've got a shovel-ready solution, and all it will do is improve all of our lives, um, if if not economically, which I strongly believe, just based on flag sales alone, um, but spiritually. 
I mentioned Philip Gunn a minute ago. Uh, we know how he feels about it. I don't mean this to put you on the spot, but it's it's obviously a part of the story. Uh, Tate Reeves is the governor of Mississippi. He is a Republican. He is uh, widely known as a as a conservative, a, a, a staunch conservative, a, a Trump supporter. Um, I know that 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 he probably feels some pressure from certain parts of his constituency to to fight change and to stick with tradition and stick with with that flag i'm i'm, I'm guessing here but I'm, I'm it's probably an educated guess when what do you hear about his views about this particular topic well if, if am i correct one thing i mean the hines county chair for trump has three stennis flag tags okay um yeah th- there was a republican who got the stennis flag tag bill um so we have really hardcore bipartisan support not only among our elected officials but among the populace um and part of that is because the three mama bear tenants that i protect uh, or excuse me the three tenants that i protect like a mama bear and that is positive grassroots and bipartisan because at the end of the day this is 100 percent the flag of every mississippian so and and having that viable alternative it's not only good solid design but also has a very positive spirit and does not belong to any party um, has allowed for this fabulous bipartisan coalition to develop and um, it, it is it is not to be used as a wedge issue it is not be, to be used to, to counter another Mississippian this is the thing we share and then we can fight about everything else um, now so far as Governor Reeves you know wow he has so much on his plate as a <laughs> newly elected, you know, I mean, yeah, so, sure. um, so I, I, I uh, sympathize in that way. Now, he has not, um, the, what he has said is that he won't state his position. He'll just say if it goes to a vote, you know, um, he'll support that. But I, I would find it hard to believe um, having the business acumen that he has and the love for the state that I think he has, that he would stand in the way if the legislature, who are elected by the people and who are also responsible for making sure that Mississippi is represented in the best possible light, um, as is he, that he would stand in the way of that. Um, that would be, wow, that'd be something his children and grandchildren would <laughs> yeah, be burdened with explaining. Um, but I, I just, I, I have, I have more confidence that. If we all keep up the push and we keep putting this flag up and we keep saying we're ready, we're good, um, and and that, and that it crosses all these boundaries in terms of age and race and, and party, that um, that we'll see it through. Lauren, what is the next step? What what's what do you what do you what is the next step? What's the realistic timetable for that step? Uh, I wish I knew, but at the moment, um, the most important thing that folks can do is to call and and or write or email, um, which we try to make it really easy to do, their elected officials every day, just for a couple of weeks, but you know, just every day, and remind them that you support the change and you've you know, you got the Stennis flag up, we're ready to go. Um, because that's making a huge impression, um, as it should. Um, because they might not have known that, because now that we have a symbol that we're united behind, now that we're visible, um, I think we can do this. So, um, so just, just you know, stay committed to that every day. Set your alarm and just go boom and hit that email, send it off, um, and we'll see if, if um, the legislature can take advantage of this moment in history. And um, I believe they will. I believe they will. But I, I am an optimist. I have woken up uh, believing this will happen every day for six years. So <laughs> I'm not going to quit now. 
have you ever allowed yourself to think about what it would feel like the day that it happens, the day that that flag goes over the the state capitol as the official flag of the state of Mississippi? Have you even allowed yourself to close your eyes and picture that moment? I do, and all I see is myself taking a a big long nap. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I want, <laughs> just to have a little, a nice restful nap. <laughs> the end of a marathon where you tell yourself you're going to celebrate and all you want to do is just lay down, yeah? Well, you know, this, 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 that moment would belong to so many Mississippians, and, um, you know, the more I'm out of the way, and the better. So I don't, I don't even worry about that. What do you think your grandfather would say now if he were still here? First of all, I have no idea. Um, but my experience of him... Um, his personal motto was look ahead. So while he was wrong about some things, he was always very future-oriented. Um, he was not beholden to the past. He didn't talk about the past. He didn't focus on the past. Um, so I'd like to think that at this point, at this moment, if he were still alive, he would get it and he would be for it because his other motto was Mississippi comes first, meaning Mississippi comes before me. It becomes, you know, It is this larger entity. It is, you know, the whole is greater, you know, than, and he would, he would know it would benefit Mississippi, and that's what he worked his whole life to do in a flawed manner, and he, he, for so long, you know, had some, had some votes and and actions that actually hurt Mississippians, but you know, he finally came around and did vote in favor of civil rights legislation. He does have a large record. He was the first Democrat to denounce McCarthy on the floor of the Senate. And I'm so proud of that. And um, so, you know, his legacy is what it is, and people can judge it for what it is. But I, because of his love of the state, I would like to think that in 2020 he would be supportive. But I, I, I wish I could answer that, but I don't know. Sure. That's my belief, yeah. I know that uh, you've – You've at least observed, like we all have, what's gone on in our country the last, gosh, I lose track of time, the last couple of weeks, I guess, maybe it's a little less than that, I don't know, 10 days, 11 days uh, since the protests began. It's funny, Mm -hmm. Mississippi gets a reputation sometimes, and the protest in Jackson, the protest in Oxford, I'm sure the protest in other places were remarkably peaceful uh, from all accounts, from people who were there, powerful uh, things to observe what have what have your thoughts been just in general about the 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 movement in the country, the momentum towards um, I don't know discussing uh, racism on a on a different level? Well, I was at the protest in Jackson, and it was phenomenal. Um, I didn't take any flag stuff because that was you know this is Black Lives Matter Day and moment, and uh, but there were Stennis flags there, which of course warmed my heart but um it was it was really powerful it was really positive it was really uplifting um and it is necessary um what has been happening over and over and over again in this country is not okay and you know folks say tomorrow next week next month next year no more of that we we, we've got to look at and listen to one another right now right now and a signal of intention that is not even specific to the black lives matter movement although i think it would be you know an important signal of intention in that way but to signal the intention that 
you know, we are listening to one another, we are paying attention, and we are dedicated to improving our relations with one another, our systems, our our um, ways of being. We've always been at work at that, but we are at a you know a, a moment in history where we've got to shift gears, or we're all going to suffer even more. So I, I you know. I think these have been so important, so positive, and will have a lasting positive impact on, on history and, and, and where we are today. Lauren, thanks so much for the time. I really appreciate it. And as this goes forward, we'd love to visit with you again. Anytime, Neil. Thank you so very much. Have, have a safe trip back home. Will do. All right. Bye-bye. Again, thanks to Lauren for her time today on the Oxford Exxon Podcast. That wraps up another week of uh, the Oxford Exxon Podcast and all of our MPW digital network of podcasts. We hope that you have enjoyed it. Uh, we've had a lot of uh, a lot of great guests from Ryan Brown to Jeffrey Wright, Tommy Joe Martins, and I know I'm leaving people out. So uh, really hope that you've enjoyed the content that we have brought to you over the course of this week. I'll have a beer garden to you over the weekend. Maddie Lee, who covers the Chicago Cubs now for NBC Sports in Chicago, formerly of the Clarion Ledger. She covered Ole Miss for a while. She covered the Oklahoma City Thunder uh, for the Oklahoman. So we'll talk to her about her career, about what she thinks about the NBA playoffs, what she thinks about uh, the prospects of a Major League Baseball season We'll have that to you over the course of the weekend on the beer garden. Have a soft verbal up. We've got our greatest pod in the South coming to you again on Sunday with Jay Tate and Gabe DeArmond. So uh, the network of podcasts doesn't ever really stop. We keep uh, bringing content to you, and we appreciate you for enjoying it. So, again, uh, thanks to Lauren, and thanks to you all for listening. That does it for this edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Please have a great weekend. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you again soon.